You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Matt Rogers. And this is Bowen Yang. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more Connected community. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Hi, this is Morgan James, and you are listening to Theater Geeks Anonymous. My mind is clearer now. At last, all too well, I can see where we all soon will be. It's another departure from what we normally do. It's very, 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 very exciting. Tell us why, Ebony. Well, it's kind of, right? Because we do yeah. new works. So even though okay, yeah. this yeah, is absolutely. like an, an interpretation of something we all know and love, it's still new. Yes. Right? So I feel like this does go along with like what we, what we do. Okay. So <laughs> let's start the story by starting back in, for us, 2018. Okay. Pamela and I were driving back from another interview from this for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And Pamela, I had just finished producing a concert with Pamela and she was like, Ebony, what do you think about an all female Jesus Christ superstar? And we (laughs) talked about that for like hours all the way home. I've been obsessed with playing Judas my entire life. (laughs) Because who wants to play, you know, who wants to play the the girl parts that they write, you know, for, for all of these musicals? Like, you know, sometimes they're boring. Sometimes they're just whatever. Or sometimes they're just simply two-dimensional and you can't do anything with them, right? Right. And they're all boy crazy. It's like so, the whole part is only yes. about the dude. I'm, right. You know, and y'all know by now we could care less about that noise. So, um, 
so we were talking about that, became obsessed with this idea, and like Googled all female Jesus Christ superstar. And that's when we found, or that's when I found. That's when you found. What did you find? The YouTube clip, okay, <laughs> of the all Jesus Christ super, all female Jesus Christ superstar concert that happened in 2017. So I was so pissed we missed it. I know. I know. But at the same time, then we were like super excited because someone had thought of this idea as well and they yes. put it into fruition. And so that culminates into what we are doing today, which is the all female Jesus Christ superstar with Morgan James. We're Yay! Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh oh. <laughs> we, we got up. She has a lot of dogs. So they, they're excited. They're as excited as we are. So today, friends, Morgan James is with us. She is the producer of this concert. She played Jesus in the concert. And we cannot wait to talk to her about this beautiful, beautiful uh, reinterpretation yeah. of this amazing piece of work. So welcome, Morgan. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. This yeah. is going to be so fun. So fun. <laughs> Morgan, if you'd uh, just start from the inception, because I read you'd had a dream, like this came from a dream. This indeed came from a dream. Um, I dreamed that I was doing a production of Jesus Christ Superstar and I was playing Jesus and Shoshana Bean was playing Judas. Uh, Shoshana Bean is often, often graces my dreams and uh, like all of us. And so I texted her and I said, oh, I had this dream. You know, would you ever want to do anything like that? And she said, yes, when are we doing it? And the, the friends that I was with for dinner said, you have to make this happen. We want to make this happen. And they, we kind of, jumped into the idea and we decided we wanted to try to do a concert version, a staged concert of the entire score with a female band and a, and a female cast of all-stars. We started putting together our, our dream cast basically and you know, putting together a budget and figuring out how to do it. We'd never done anything like that before. So uh, it, the, the concert was absolutely electric. It was, it, we sold it out. We sold out Highline Ballroom in about two days. Wow. Uh, it was, I, I mean, Shoshana in one of the interviews said, I think I blacked out because we were all so excited that like <laughs> when the overture started, we all like, we really felt like we were going to faint because that overture is so iconic, oh, you know? It's, I love it. It, chills, it goes right through my chest. It's wonderful. I think about it and I have chills all over my body. And so when the overture started, we were doing the entire thing live, uh, you know, I, we were just giddy. We all felt like those little, you know, theater kids that grew up wanting to do these mm -hmm. kinds of roles, but we never got to do them, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we did the concert yeah. and it was so, you know, electric, like I said, and everyone loved it. And everyone said, what's next? You know, the Android Weber's team sent like 10 people, the really useful group. There were all these producers and casting agents wow. and actors and people in the audience. And they all were saying, what's next? And, um, you know, I'm not a producer by trade, you know, so I was kind of like, I don't know what's next. You know, this was my idea and I did it, you know? So I, in my mind, I wanted to do a, a recording, a concept recording, just like the 1970 concept recording, because that is my favorite version of Jesus Christ Superstar with yeah. the brown, the brown cover, you know, and I wore that out when I was a kid and I wanted to do an homage to that, uh, you know, so that's what I started planning for. Um, I started raising money and bringing people on and, and, you know, it took me about a year to raise the money and plan and, and get everybody, <laughs> the right team pulled together. 
And uh, so that's what we started planning for. Cool. From the original concert version to what you currently have, how much has changed as far as the people that were involved? Uh, you know, a couple casting changes, like we added, uh, Lettucey came on to sing Simon, um, Bridget Everett came on to sing King Herod, uh, Cynthia Revo came on to sing Mary Magdalene. Um, we, uh, made the band bigger because our live version that we did was just a rhythm section and maybe rhythm section, a couple horns. So we added the full, you know, horns and strings Green. and everybody. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strings. <laughs> We, yeah, so we, and then we, of course, had to put together an engineering team, a production team, um, all of that. So we, 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 we grew, our, our team grew, but most of the cast remained the same. We added a few new people. Very nice. Um, I, I had read, you know, like, uh, in, in an article that you did that it was a big deal to keep, um, was it like the chords and everything like the same and not change it because, there was this thing about like, oh, well, they had to make a like that people would say, oh, you had to make a whole bunch of changes so that this could work for women. And you were like, screw that noise. That that's yeah, we we kept the we didn't change any keys and we didn't change any tempos. We didn't change anything, really. Mm -hmm. We didn't change any pronouns, obviously. We we uh, yeah, we didn't. I didn't want anyone to be able to say, oh, well, the only reason it works with women is because you changed everything. That's great. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to show that we weren't trying to do our interpretation. We were really just stepping inside these roles. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of when someone takes a great song and then completely changes it. Well, then it changes sometimes what's great about the song. And right. I really wanted people to be able to, who already love the score, to really still be able to feel comfortable and sit inside of it and see how exciting it is with women's voices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is exciting. We've been listening to the soundtrack for the last couple of weeks. Yay. In fact, I was just talking with Ebony before we started recording. I listened to Gethsemane for like, I don't even know, the umpteenth time. It, because <laughs> it's one of my favorite numbers. It, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's remarkable. It's, it's almost six full minutes of just your gorgeous pipes singing Jesus words. And it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's really stunning. I was telling her, like, we got to the two and a half minute mark and it was like, oh, <laughs> gorgeous the way that you do it and the one thing that did impress upon me was the fact that all of the keys were the original keys and that's difficult to do it's challenging obviously you have to kind of flip between head and and uh chest voice or the lower key and then taking it up the octave mm -hmm. but honestly i think it works so well especially with all of the voices that are involved well, thank you so much for saying that. Um, when we when we started the process, a lot of the women said, "Okay, well, what am I supposed to do?" And at the beginning, I 
when we would put them in a room with the, you know, with our music director at the time, Julie, um, uh, we would say, figure it out, like play with it, you know, play with it. In, and, um, and pretty much across the board, everybody's like, oh, this fits better than I thought it would. You know, especially the roles that are less, of course, we all sing along with Mary and Jesus and, and Judas, yeah. but how much do you sing along with Annas and Caiaphas and Pilate, yeah. right? And so you don't know, like when Debbie Gravitt, Tony winner Debbie Gravitt came on and I said, I want you to sing the bass role. She was like, this is so weird. <laughs> and she was so amazing and badass, you know. Yeah. And and then Brianna Parham, uh, Brianna Marie Parham, who comes in to plays Annis, when she comes in on that first listen, like and screams <laughs> that, I yeah. laugh every time. I'm like, she is so stupid. She is so good, <laughs> and she is yeah. just that woman can play anything. That woman, I could have put her in every single role in that entire score, and she would have just saying the crap out of it. And so every single woman that I invited into this project, they're all superstars. They could all play every role. They've all played leading roles all over the world. So this is like, we're asking superstars to sing in the ensemble and they all did it with joy and humility. That's awesome. Just to be in the room together. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Love, love to hear that because like, you know, another thing that, that you had said and we've sort of spoken about maybe before I hit record, I'm not sure though, <laughs> are, you know, just the roles for men and the roles for women. Right. And so it's like to get the opportunity to sing these songs that are so, as we've said, iconic, that mm. are so deep, that are so wrought with emotion and like, um, expression of like worrying about your life ending and like what to do with your life and, how is my life purposeful? And all of those, those questions, I feel like we're still looking for in musical theater for women. Yeah. It's yeah. like, we still have a very long way to go. So it's not surprising to me that you have these women who are like, of course I'll be, do, of course I'll do this. Yeah. And, and, you know, women also wanted the opportunity to, none of us had been in a room with that many women. Like, that's what's yes. actually very shocking and sad is that every single woman said, oh, wow, I've never been in a room with this many creative women. And I was doing an interview about this project and somebody said, well, now they're six and they're suffs. And I was like, but it's 2022. Like, you realize that these shows only came about in, like, all these years, women, when they look at roles in shows, they're looking at, Maybe one leading lady, maybe one sidekick, maybe. Right. And and there are plenty of shows with seven, eight roles for men. Yeah. And so. No question. No question. You know, and so it's just all we wanted to do was step inside it. We didn't want to change anything. We didn't want to like so many people responded on the on the forums and things and comments like, oh, this is taking wokeness too far. And, and what why do they want everything? You know, says the most privileged of people yes. in the world. Always, always, always. Well, and so like, Ebony yeah. and I have chatted about this too, because even within the confines of one or two female roles in a show, then you're also limited by how you look, what mm -hmm. your what your skin color is, yeah. uh, you know, anything like that. Yeah. And then you also kind of on the other side of this you see men then stepping into female roles as kind of a novelty in a show that they yeah. will reproduce. And you're just like, wait, why is that cool? Yeah. But, yeah. but I have to, you know, stay in the chorus or, you know, I'm, I can be that one track in the show that looks like me at any given time. It's just, it's really frustrating. 
Yeah, exactly. And I didn't want it to be a novelty. I didn't want this to be a gimmick project. I, right. th- we all took it very, very seriously. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and as, as the project went along and it became more and more difficult and there were so many difficulties getting this project finished across the finish line and, you know, everything from, from legal things to pledge music going bankrupt to all these things. So when it got down to the end, it became this art imitating life, imitating art, because <laughs> when I got, sometimes when I listen to Gethsemane, I laugh because, you know, it's like, after all I've tried for three years, feels like 90, <laughs> like why, like when I was trying to get it finished, I was like, I really, this is really feeling like I'm dragging this project across a desert, <laughs> trying to get her done. Just screaming out 20 seconds worth of why. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why did I even try? Uh, <laughs> well, you said it took you about a year to get the money in place and also the people in place. Uh-huh. How long from from the moment you decided you were going to do this this uh, recording until the very end? Like, how long was that process then? Well, we recorded everything. All the principal recording was done um, in January of 2018. Okay. Wow. So we were I ready to we were ready to release it um, in spring of 2018. But NBC announced they were doing Jesus Christ Superstar right. in April of 2018. We said yep. okay, which they decided after they saw our concert, not for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> so then we said oh, okay, we'll wait. You know, just tell us when you want us to release it. They said oh yeah, give us six months. So. Um, in that time, Pledge Music went bankrupt and took everyone's money, right? So then oh, we had, no. yeah, yeah. So then we lost our money and then the Andalid Weber camp, you know, there are lots of people involved there. It's not just him and his lawyers, but it's also the really useful group. It's also, um, and Hammerstein was doing some of the publishing then as well and NBC and all these people. So they said, oh, wait, then we check in with them. Oh, we're now we're going to release an album. And we're like, we kept saying, well, we're not in competition with, we're like actually going to help you. Like we right. want to do it with you. And actually you're going to get most of the money anyway, because you own it. <laughs> right. So they kept saying, no, no, just wait. Let's wait till it's a better time when we can publicize it more. And then time kept going and then a pandemic. Mm. And uh, so here we are. Oh, and then, I, so basically I had to finish the project with my own money, which also is why it took so long too. So, okay. um, and it's just been a passion. I, I wanted to see it through to the end and that's, that's what I've done. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful. Of that. I know. Me too. <laughs> I'm grateful. I, I think anyone wouldn't have blamed you if you had just been like, okay, whatever, I guess they'll release it when they're ready. But to really like go through it, go through yeah. all that trial. And like finally just get it done. It must be really rewarding for you to be able to see that album cover and, you know, hold something tangible in your hand and listen to something tangible in your ears and go like, we did that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't have done it without the amazing women, not only the amazing women that said yes, that gave me their voices and their talents, but, um, you know, Toria Beard, who was one of my co-producers, who is incredible. Uh, Richard Emilius, the one, our one, you know, female adjacent male, um, <laughs> Meg Tui, who co-produced the album with me and put together all the musicians, um, Hannah Tobias, like it, it's just, the list goes on and on and of, of people who made it possible, who, who worked for less than their worth and long, long hours and who just believed in it the way I did. And so it, you can't do anything like this alone for sure. Uh, absolutely. That's awesome though. It's yeah. a nice collaboration. <laughs> 
I was going to ask a little bit more about the concert because another thing I read was that um, there was like a screen with Black Lives Matter and a bunch of other protests and things because it was happening around the time of the, the Women's March or right. Yeah. And so can you just tell me a little bit about that? Because it when I read that, it made me jump back to um, Easter 2020 when Andrew Lloyd Webber was like pumping out a bunch of his um, shows that you could just watch on YouTube. There was a Jesus Christ superstar with Tim Minchin and they were referring to protests that were happening in the UK at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was just interested in like your thinking of that because we weren't there and I am still bummed about that, but like, <laughs> just like how that all came together and the thought process and everything. Um, my director, Richard Emilius, who had put together the, you know, all the slides and all of the, you know, did the, the light staging that we did and put the show together when we did the, the concert, um, came up with all of the imagery that we were using and, and, um, and put to, we, we did our concert like a few days after the women's March. So the atmosphere was so, uh, ripe with, um, emotion and tension and um celebration and sadness and all of these things at once like it was such a and of course then what we went through throughout throughout the last few years um but yeah so it there were so many he put together a lot of imagery of the things that jesus would be standing up for today frankly mm -hmm. and as a reminder that that um he stood for things that um, sometimes the far right and, and uh, organized religion forgets that he would be with the people of the street, right? He would yes. be, he would be protesting for these, for these rights and for yeah. these people. The, um, we forget that, you know? And, and so we wanted to be reminded if we take it out and we put it in this space and time that is now and every, every time, right? Mm -hmm. If we don't set it in like sandals in the desert, right? Um, and also that Jesus was, you know, a black man and, uh, you know, no one wants to talk about what he really stood for and what he really looked like. And right. so, okay, if Jesus is a black man, right. And he's always portrayed as a white man with a beard and, you know, yep. a, a halo, then he can be, and, and, and so he's all of us, right. So we've, mm -hmm. we've already removed what he is. We've made him this fictional, let's, let's make him real again. Right. Yeah. Let's show what he really stood for. Um, so that was the idea behind that. Yeah. Oh, man, do I love that. I do too. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Richard was really, um, is very thorough and knows the score like the back of his hand. And, and, um, we, we really wanted to, so often you see productions of Jesus Christ Superstar and their choices are very strange. You know, that they make Mary so one dimensional and they, mm -hmm. and they, and they make everything about, um, I don't know. We just wanted to really bring it back to the text and, yes. Because there's no dialogue in the show, um, I'm actually shocked that people don't pay more attention to the text in the yeah. and the transitions in the in the score. Um, and I think it's the best thing Andrew Lever ever did, frankly. Totally, absolutely <laughs> in agreement there by a mile. And um, yeah. and so I, yeah, so I just really fell in love with it all over again. And um, outside, I don't really listen to myself for enjoyment, but in terms of everyone else on the score, like I put it on for just to listen to because I love hearing these women so much. It's gorgeous. I mean, yeah. truly, because, and I, I'm going to gush again because listening to the music really, it, 
as a little 10 year old, I decided that Broadway was what I wanted to do. And obviously that has had to change in the last 30 years, which is fine. But I still have that kind of like inside me. I want to be able to sing and I want to be able to do. And But when you're 10 years old and listening to these musicals, you listen to the voices that, you, that sound like you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are the ones that you sing along with. And so finally now to be able to hear an album that is all voices that sound like me and that I could sing any of them like that really does speak to an entire generation of little Mm -hmm. kids growing up going oh I didn't realize that I could think outside the box which Mm -hmm. is silly because that's all theater is (laughs) supposed to be supposed to be (laughs) yeah we've gotten so far away from that which is also just a huge frustration that Ebony and I have voiced on this podcast before it's it's just one of those things where if we can get away from the politics and away from the money side of show business and like really think about where it came from which was telling stories and entertaining but also making people think and act on what they're thinking about like Mm -hmm. that's the importance of theater it is it absolutely is amen and you know if we can i even get annoyed that if if someone was cast in a role for instance on broadway and they are replaced even the even the just boring choice of like oh we oh we have to replace it with another person just like that person no we don't who says that's the i just don't understand why we it's supposed to be this suspension of disbelief you know of disbelief and it's supposed to be um like you say out of the box and Mm -hmm. i wish that it wasn't just out of the box for a few you know like oh we're gonna make this choice so we look good to hr no really really why it can be anything we want it to be there's no rules there we can create the world we want to create right right no parameters the world is our oyster like this 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 in this business is the business that you can make any decision because there are no no limits and yet my, we still yeah. put a limit on it. Oh. My my friend Asmaret, who's been in you know many 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 Broadway shows, and she wrote an article uh, kind of early in the pandemic about you know I'm I'm tired of being your token black girl, right? You know mm-hmm. she was the the token black actress in ten Broadway shows or something. Or, you know maybe I'm exaggerating, but a lot. <laughs> and you know fun at first, right? And great. And she of course loved to work. Yeah. But there comes a point where I mean that I was. That's all we saw for so many years was, um, oh, okay, there's one slot for the woman and one for an Asian person and one for a black person. It's just like, that is so tired and that is so old. And and we just need to continue to reimagine and remind others to reimagine the theater space. Right, because I do think like the theater has the potential to, like it can be the world that we actually want to see. Mm-hmm. Right. We we have the opportunity to create a world where it's like everybody is welcome and included and like also fully seen and fully heard. Right. Yeah. Yes. And and I, I just am like, why? Why are we not doing more of that? <laughs> and I think and I think people are starting to, you know, yeah. for sure. And I think that Hamilton made great strides in certain ways. Um, I love how they um made people reimagine things that that had never seen you know theater cast that way before i love that and there are certainly other people are trying um it's harder when you get to the more expensive you know bigger more commercial spaces it's definitely harder to do that but um 
it, it will continue to reflect the world we're in and um, it's going to reflect the the trauma we've been through it has to because that's what art does you know and yeah. and it's going to reflect the tension we're currently living in and and that's why i think this project is even more timely it continues to be timely because we we continue to um to have these these parallels in art and in our culture you know yeah. with women's rights and and the rights for minorities in this country and um it just it's a tale as old as time yeah unfortunately unfortunately yeah 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 um i just thinking back on the concert um and thinking about how um your director really thought about the text and also like who jesus was which Pamela and I have had so many conversations about, especially in the last five years, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. What is going on? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Just yep. all the time. All the time. Every day. <laughs> Every day. And so um, I had found this thing several years ago on Twitter, actually from a pastor who was like, Jesus was, a brown skinned man who was struck down by police forces. Mm. And it's like wow. not a thing we so we just say out. It's like that's what happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. in in what you've done with with this work and just made it so accessible for people um, to be able to see themselves no matter the gender, no matter what they look like, no matter who they are it makes it just accessible in this way that can, can actually make change. I feel mm -hmm. because it, it's, you know, I think about like things like how I have, I, so I have like seven nieces and nephews. Okay. <laughs> a lot. And um, I have been imbuing them with musical theater since they were born. I will send them DVDs and they <laughs> sing and that's, but like the, they get to grow up in a world where like things like, you know, the only time they ever saw Annie, the first Annie, and whether or not you like this one is fine. But she was black. Mm -hmm. So they have no concept, right, of An Annie can only be white, which is what I grew up with, right? Exactly. She, she was just white, yeah. white, white. They're uh -huh. like, oh, but she's black. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it and matters. It yeah, matters. It really matters. It really matters. And so here I am at my age, like incessantly listening to this Jesus Christ superstar. We're like not a singer, not an actor, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in this. I can, I'm, these are, this looks like me. This sounds like me. Yeah. And, and, and now it's something that I can share with my nieces and nephews, yeah. especially mm -hmm. my nieces and be uh -huh. like, you know, you, you don't have a limit. Yeah, yeah it somehow yeah. gives you permission to yeah. to be whatever you can possibly be. Like, it's such a weird yeah. thing to think about that way. But <laughs> even as, you know, a 40-year-old woman, yeah. I get stuck in my own way sometimes with thinking of like, oh, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the lane I'm in, which mm -hmm. is so silly because I can I can just go off the road. Like there's yeah. who, who wants to stay in my lane when I can just uh, take a step left <laughs> or take a step right and go. Mm -hmm. There's nothing holding me back, but like somehow seeing it gives you permission. Somehow hearing your, mm -hmm. you know, your voice or seeing your body on stage. Somehow it's 
suddenly you're like, okay, oh, okay, I can do that. (laughs) Well, it also, you know, it's good to remind people that it's not taking away from any of the traditional versions that have come before. And I I think that that's the problem with privilege, with white privilege, is that when, when... that somehow that people feel that if someone else gets something that takes away a piece of the pie for me, mm-hmm. but it, there's plenty of pie. Like everyone calm down. Like there is, there are plenty of things to go around. Yes. And I think yes. that that is the essence of privileges that you think someone else having something is a deficit to you. Right. Well, though, that's how the patriarchy works. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> in, in the in their power structure, if you yeah. take it away from them, it's not they don't get it anymore. So there isn't right. enough pie. Right. Right. But we're saying that's what they do to pie everyone. doesn't even exist in this. There are no right. slices. There's no pie at all. Everybody just have it's, it's cupcakes. There's plenty. Just like just grab one. You know. Right. No. So like, you know. Here's yeah. a recipe for you, and here's a recipe for you. Go and make your own baked goods. Well, and and nothing and nothing is taking away. There are still right versions now. of Jesus Christ Superstar that are traditional. There are still versions yeah. of Annie with a white Annie. And, yeah. You know, it doesn't. It takes nothing away. And the fact that you know having a Disney princess or like your niece is seeing. Um, you know, a black Annie, that's, why did it take so long? Yeah. Because she's an orphan. There's orphans of every, like, why are we so stuck on these things? But she was the desired orphan. She was the one that made it. Uh, And if you really, like, if you really want to deconstruct, I mean, and this is, I fall into these rabbit holes of like where the patriarchy has actually kept us which Mm. is a big old boot on our necks, every single one of us. And that includes the men in this. Even the most privileged has a boot on their neck at this point, right? Because the patriarchy is toxic. But if you look at it and you really consider if Daddy Warbucks, a very rich, white, privileged man, adopted a black child and then raised her up to become the child of a very rich, white man... From the outside looking in, in the lens of the patriarchy, that doesn't that doesn't seem right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And another another thing that's just silly to me is that when they did the the one on TV, why why is he bald? Just yeah. let him have hair. Like just why do we do the things like we do, I've always done them? It's so yes. stupid. Yeah. Why are you putting a bald head on Harry Connick? Like come on, like yeah. think outside the box. Just give him hair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we're just, exactly. we're so stuck to the way things used to be. Oh, it has to be this way. I mean, it's like my, my friends did a production of Charlie Brown, you know, uh, Nick Searley and Laura Molina and a lot of people, they, Laura, you know, Lucy had a, a, a blonde wig and, and everyone complained. I, well, that's not <laughs> Lucy. That's not right. And then they said, it's a fictional, it's a cartoon. Right. It's not real. It's, it's not, not real. real it's not real. It's not real today. It's not real in the cartoon. Like who cares? And like people are so stuck to what yeah. they thought when they were a kid. Well, this is, I, this is the challenge with making a movie out of a book too. I mean, there will always be a, 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 a cache of people who say, Oh, I don't want to watch that movie. They're going to ruin it for me. There might, you know, but like, that's the fun of reading a book, right? It's using your own imagination and your own, you know, you're creating the characters and you're putting whoever you want to see out there. And yeah. yes, seeing the movie after that book is a little bit limiting because it's probably not what you had in your own mind when you were reading it, but it doesn't make you enjoy the story any less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
or it shouldn't. It should. It shouldn't. Morgan, I'm curious, um, do you have like any stories or situations like that just made your heart so happy in making this, whether it's from the cast or people who've reached out to you, you know, since the, the, con- the albums come out? Um, one of the really special days uh, when we were re- making this recording was, um, so Toria Beard is uh, the artistic director of A Broader Way, which is uh, was started by Adina Mitzel. And so Toria now runs it along with a lot of other incredible people. And so she, uh, we kind of schemed together, how could we involve A Broader Way? And so we decided to have all the, like, the choral parts, there are a couple um, tunes, the overture and um, could we start again, please? And one other tune has like a, we wanted it to be a children's choir. And so mm-hmm. we used a broader way. We used a lot of young women mm-hmm. and we got them on a bus and took them out to Brooklyn to a recording studio. <laughs> we were, we rehearsed with them ahead of time and they learned their like, so on, could we start again, please? It gives me chills. So we reimagined, could we start again, please? As we had Marva Hicks as mother Mary. We kind of took a liberty there to um, have her be in the show and she was singing it with Peter and this children's choir and the day we recorded their sweet angelic faces of this like young girls choir, um, it was so, so special. I'd never experienced anything like that and I was like conducting it and so that felt like, um, yeah, I felt this this pressure the whole time to be a great leader, right? And I really stepped inside the role of Jesus in the way that if you're going to cast yourself as the lead of something, <laughs> you better lead all the way around, right? And so um, just getting to hear those young voices and see their faces um, is why we do it, because we were all those little girls that wanted yeah. to do theater. Yeah. And we, we grew up and, and we have these experiences that make us jaded or make us tired and we forget when we had this joy and excitement. Um, So that was really special. friends involved in the project because of course I asked all my friends to do it and you know Pearl Sun and Tamika Lawrence, Rebecca Covington, uh, Joanne, um, Orfe, Debbie, like Anne Harada, Ellen Marsh, Isabel Santiago, all of them were friends from different projects and and they when we all like literally broke bread together and had lunch on a couple of the recording days and and they kept saying here we are like the sisterhood of people. Like a lot of these women have never been in a room together. And we, like I said, have never been with this many women, you know, 25, 30, 40 women in a studio all working together. And it's, it's something I'll never forget, you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This just sounds so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and Toria um, and, and one of our other producers, Dawn worked really hard to put together like swag bags of female run businesses so that all of the women um, involved in the project, because we couldn't pay them very much. They, we wanted them to um, 
they walked away with you know bags full of uh, female and and black owned businesses and yeah. um, we just wanted from from every aspect of the project to be the the way we wanted other projects to be right if yeah. we could choose the way it was going to go how would we do it how would yeah. we want it to look right um, so that's what we tried to do. Awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> also, um, we're doing a limited run of physical CDs. Yeah. Um, they're going to be available. They're shipping this week. So um, physical CDs are going to be available on my website and at my live shows or probably at Shoshana shows and various cast awesome. members. Yes. So you can get you can stream the album on wherever music is found. Um, and you can buy the physical copies at morganjamesonline.com. They'll be available end of May. Great. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so I guess really my, my, what will be my last question really is next, ne anything, is there anything next after this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really would like to, I'm going to make a push <laughs> or a, I'm going to start um, a big campaign to try to get a Grammy nomination for the album. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to submit it for a cast album Grammy nomination. And I, that would mean so much to the entire team involved. I know that. Absolutely. Um, even though it's just a popularity contest like every other award show, it still <laughs> matters to certain people. Yeah. And um, and the people that worked so hard on it, I would I would love to to do that. So we're gonna work on that throughout the summer and fall. Um, I'm doing a concert this summer. Um, that I'm going to involve some of the Jesus Christ Superstar cast members. And it's going to be we're gonna do a Q&A about the process. Um, that's gonna be at Little Island, July 31st. Um, and we're going to have invite some of the cast members to sing some roles that they would normally never get to sing. Awesome. So it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So we'll, we'll also, um, remind people in following episodes about yeah. that. As okay, well. great. Yeah. I'll send, I'll send you that info. <laughs> Cause little Island, I haven't been there yet, but it's like, super oh, it's accessible. It's so beautiful. My yeah. goodness. It's awesome. I've, I've heard that. And I saw a lot of the concerts from last summer that were out there. People just looked like they were having a blast. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this Man, was such this a pleasure. Fun, Morgan. Thank <laughs> you. So happy to meet you. It's so great to be here. And thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. You know what I mean? It's a, uh, I, I grew up in an era where, um, I, I lived and died by cast recordings and yeah. yes. Same. You know, you couldn't find anything at, you know, we're at the same age, so you couldn't find anything on, there was no YouTube and you waited for that cast recording to come out and I would, um, I would wear it out, you know, yeah. and that's how, that's how I dreamed about coming to New York and I dreamed about being in shows. I couldn't see them. I couldn't travel to see them. And, and so I really grew up in an era where the cast album was the most special thing in my life. And totally. so I know that there's still a generation of people coming up and kids coming up who, who do the same thing. And I wanted this to be for the new generation of theater lovers. I wanted it to be a cast recording that they wanted to wear out. Awesome. I, oh, I, I think, I mean, I want one of those to wear out. I, I, know, <laughs> I know. I, well, I was like, since it's streaming everywhere, Right. Now, I'm going on a road trip with two of the littles I was mentioning. So yes. But auntie's having them listen to. Yep. There we go. There we go. Pick a, pick a roll. Sing along. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Morgan. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me.
Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Yes. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGA B-Way. And on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us, or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGA B-Way at gmail.com. Until, Until next time, time geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, this is Will Friedle. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network. They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood.